0: I was getting a little worried about my evangelist. I seen his wife, and I didn't see him. I sent a man to check on him, and he'd come back with a pretty good report. But he's here, Brother Tim Boland. How many remembers Brother Boland? Brother Boland has been very, very, I don't want to add insult to injury, but over the last 10 or 15 years, he has suffered, I don't know how much, you can't even imagine, amen, what he's been through. But I want to say this: He's still here. Come on, church. He's still here. With all the sickness, with all the problems, with all the operations, and all of that, we still got him. This is one man I love. Amen. From the deep of my heart, I'll never forget the first time I met him. He was one of our pastors, and he came by and preached for us, and we had a great time. And I think you hit. Did you hit a an animal on the way? Yeah. <laughs> I've hit a deer right up there close to the church. Amen. I don't think I got none of that deer. I don't believe they. I don't know what happened to it. But anyway, isn't it good to have Brother Bowler? And isn't it good to have his dear wife? This young lady, I tell you what, my hat's off to her for, you know, a lot of people. I'm going to say this, and I think people understand. I have heard when there was couples have been married for years, and one of them get dreadfully, I mean, deathly sick, that the other will leave it. They can't take it. I've heard of that. How many heard of that? Let me tell you something. She's been with him through thick and thin. This is a wonderful lady. I'd like to hear a testimony from you, Sister Debbie, if you would. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. God bless her. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We love this couple, don't we? And I'm anxious to hear him preach. It's been a long time. Well, it's been about how long ago has it been? About Twelve or something like that. This man's a preacher. You'll find out before it's over. Let's give him a good hand and welcome Brother Boland. Let's give a
1: hand of praise to the one who deserves it. Jesus. Jesus. I want you to know I'm embarrassed, and I'm sorry there's nobody in this room that had less of an excuse to be late than I did. I slept in your parking lot. I should have been here on time, but I made it, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be with you. I see familiar faces and friends from years ago. I even see people I love. You you folks probably, you may not know it, but the Beechman's brother and sister, Bob Beechman, uh, were saints in the church I pastored in Martinsville, Indiana, for many, many years. It's a pleasure to see them this morning. And all of my friends, brother. If I start, I started to name a few names. If I do, there's no place to stop. So I'll just say thank you for being here, and uh, some of you, uh, I'm grateful. I know God has did great things for you in this church, and this man right here. I was I was 19 years old when he let me come to preach for him and. Sacrificed greatly to allow me to fill his pulpit Was kind to me as a young man And even instrumental in me meeting The the single greatest influence in my life Beside the Lord And that's Debbie White You know Ed White God just brought him through surgery And uh, that's my father-in-law If you didn't know it I'm reading from Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1. Sister Davis, it's a pleasure to see you again today, too. You still look as young as ever. (laughs) That's why Sister Debbie never left me. Now, if I take a sip or two, of this while I'm preaching this morning, and if you see my handshake once in a while, I'm not going to fall down or fall out. God's did something good for me. Don't worry about that. Let's just remember that God's good. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Joshua commanded the people, saying, This is this is up for you to peruse, isn't it? I want you to see this with me. You will not shout. Seems strange, doesn't it? On the verge of a great victory. Don't shout, nor make any noise with your voice. I don't know why they added that. What's peep or muddle or whisper or whistle? Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Until the day I tell you to shout. And then, then you're going to shout. And I do need the Lord's help, but with His help, I want to preach for just a few moments. We'll redeem the time this morning. The unspoken blessing. Say it with me. Unspoken blessing smile at somebody beside you behind you shake their hand welcome them and you could be seated in Jesus name imagine this hey forgot my hanky too somebody loan me a hanky brother Davis don't have one I'll I'll take one off anybody you need it Israel standing in the shadow of the miracle all of us remember the most. Standing in the shadow of Jericho. Dwarfed by a fortress hovering over those people. They've been brought there. By God's desire to unfold, here's the part I appreciate this morning to unfold an inevitable blessing. This miracle was going to happen, even if He had to bind every tongue, lip, and mouth. In the bunch, he said, this miracle is going to take place. Don't shout. Don't make any noise with your voice. Don't, uh, don't say any words that proceed out of your mouth. I know we have, we have Bible scholars here today in this crowd people that's lived a lifetime with the Word of God. So I I ask you today, why place such restrictions on these unique individuals? Simply because Joshua understood how prone we are, how prone they were, of talking ourselves out of the blessings of God. Somebody say, All right. It's so easy when you live in the information age. If you want to know, used to when I was a boy. If I had a question, something really significant I wanted to know, I'd go to my dad or my mom and I'd say, what's the answer to this? They didn't know. They'd say, go look in the, this may be a foreign word in today's vernacular, go look in the encyclopedia. (laughs) I took them all out, Brother Davis. I had a whole leather-bound set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Me and my wife made payments on it so we could have all those volumes. But David, can you imagine? I had shelves full of books, full of nothing but information about information to tell me the questions I wondered. And I, didn't, I don't have a cell phone in my pocket now, but if I pulled that out, you know where I'm going. I can touch a button. I can go to Mr. Google and I can put in there any question that I've got and almost instantly we can have an answer to whatever question we have. Here's what I want to I want to emphasize this morning. When there is no evidence. Times that there is delays. I want my healing but I want it today, God. I want my miracle, but I need it now, God, if you can. It just, just, just happens God doesn't pour out his miracles on a slot machine method. We have to go through annoyance. We have to go through opposition. We have to go through struggles we have to go through difficulty. These people that came to Jericho, these people had been through the wilderness. Don't tell me they hadn't paid their dues. They'd suffered. They'd walked in the dusty, dry paths for years. And now they're at the place they want God to move For them, I've come to Grand Bay today just to preach. The Bible provides for us the power of life and death. And it ties it all in with the tongue. I think I'm getting too excited. Ties it all in with what I say, and I went back through Joshua's writings, and I love the book of Joshua, one of my favorite Old Testament books, because it's full of so many victories, but Joshua, you see, he had learned this lesson in the plains of a desolate place called Kadesh Barnea, a place where where Israel made a decision based on the voices and the report of spies sent in to spy out the land. And they brought back, Brother Moore, they brought back, the Bible says, an evil report. But that didn't stop them from speaking that report. And Israel made their decision and bones bleached white in the desert sun because of that single decision. Joshua had been there at that opportunity where those 12 spies could have brought back, like the other group, a victory report, a report about what the land had for them. But instead, instead, something uniquely different happened. Joshua Joshua had been through some desolate places. If you've been through a few places like that this morning, could you just lift up your hand? We've walked through dry places. We've went through deserts. We could give an evil report. One like the spies that eats up the inhabitants. The people are of great stature. We saw giants in the land. And we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And the Bible says when they heard what those men said, they lifted up their voices and instead of shouting and praising, the Scripture says they wept and they cried and they dismissed their hopes and they gave up on their prayers and they let go of their faith and they murmured in the desert. And here's what they said. Would God, we would have died in Egypt. We're just going to turn around and go back where we came from. It wasn't just empty talk. I'm telling you, those people were wore out. They were wore down. And when they stopped, God stopped. And they died, they died in that desert. said I've heard your murmuring as you have spoken so I will do to you Joshua had marched many miles before he came to the city of Jericho can you imagine 40 years of circles I think I recognize the reality of the trial that I've went through in my life. It seemed like up to a point in my life that everything seemed to go just right. And all of a sudden, it didn't go just right. The difference today is what we say and how we respond When we come to that place of crucifixion, that place where where our dreams may be dashed, our hopes may be crushed, and suddenly we're confronted with this reality that everything's not like it should be. I believe there's a few people the Holy Ghost is talking to this morning. Please hear me today. Yes, my wife and I have walked there. I don't I don't know how it happened, but but last December something happened for me. And after walking through probably I think twenty sixteen was the worst year of my life. I can't remember any time I felt worse. But all of a sudden something in the Spirit changed. Something took place. And suddenly, even the doctor, when I would walk in his office, would look at me and say, You look different. I've had four organs transplanted in my body. Small intestines, large intestines. Stomach and pancreas, they opened me up and put someone else's guts inside of me, which isn't so bad. A friend of mine told me the other day, his brother Wilbanks, he said, there's one thing you don't have to worry about. If someone hates your guts, (laughs) it doesn't matter. They're hating somebody altogether. Made me feel better. (laughs) Sold me back up, and for ten years, we walked through the wilderness. Your wilderness may be emotional today. You're struggling in your marriage to keep things right. It may be physical today, and you're struggling in your body to get things right. It could be psychological. Any of those realms that all of us occupy in this flesh. It could be the struggle you're facing today. But can I say to you this morning, sometimes it's the unspoken blessing. The one we were even unaware God was preparing for us. The one that we didn't see coming down the road, the blessing that we didn't really even expect last December, I know people were praying for me, I was still open to God, but there was no great move, Brother Dial. there was nothing that I did or I didn't have anyone come and anoint me, but I'm telling you, something happened. And by January, I could tell I could get up and move around and and do something. By February, I was doing even more. When spring came, I could get outside and and do things I hadn't did for ten years. Telling you what, you can say after ten years, you didn't really expect anything great to happen. I've learned to live with what I've got and be happy with where I'm at. Oh, the Holy Ghost is going to talk to somebody this morning. You don't have to stay in that place. You just wait. The preparations God is making for a miracle in your life, you can't even imagine. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You can, you can be seated. Can I say it to every sweet saint of God, every weary pilgrim, every, every senior citizen or teen or, or in between? There is. Whew, I feel a divine unction in this room to preach today, there is a reason, an unspoken blessing, thank you, that God is going to extend to you. I'm speaking specifically to some hearts today, and I need to tell you, it doesn't matter about the past. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've did. It doesn't matter who said what. Or who got in a fight and who didn't. All that matters is am I right with God? If the trumpet sounds, am I ready? Don't talk yourself out of a victory this morning. Don't try to... Unravel God's work in your life. That old song, The Answers on the Way. This I know. Jesus said it, I believe it. Few of you remember, and it's so. My Heavenly Father knows the need. When? Before I speak a word, my heavenly Father knows the need before I pray. Seven days they marched around those walls. My wife, I love her. She's been good to me. She can't make it for seven minutes without talking. may come over to your house for a while after church. I love her, and I'm just, I'll be honest, just a little bit afraid of her. There's two kinds of husbands. That's what I was told. Two kinds. The hen-pecked and the liars. Which one are you? I already know. I've got to the point in my life, I don't even mind admitting it. I actually appreciate being told what to do. It's easier this way. I just do what she says. She's happy. That makes me happy. Just noticed you folks up here, I'm preaching to you too. Try to figure it out. Don't try to unravel the work of God in your life. It may look like Jericho looked, impregnable, great walls, seven days marching around the city. How hard would that be, Pastor? I miss Brother. I miss Brother Shalon today. I miss him. Pastor, I know he's doing good preaching wherever he's at, but I wanted to mention him. I love him. I used to play basketball with him, beat him every time. Seven days marching. <laughs> Make sure you, you tell him I said that, all right? I remember he used to look at me and he'd say, "Well, Tim, well Tim, you think I'm going to be taller than I am? Am I going to get taller? He hit me about right there. Am I going to grow up? And man, did he take off. He's a preacher, a pastor. I respect and I love him. He's a great man. Seven days. Think about it. Walking around. And somebody had to be... Somebody had to be back at the back of the pack. There had to be some old fellow like me griping about the blisters on his feet. There had to be someone back there saying, My back is killing me. Some of you are thinking that right now. Oh, the sarcritis and the struggle I'm going through. But I believe what the Bible says and the Bible says they walked around it for seven days without speaking. And then God said, when I tell you to shout, look out. Because you're going you're gonna to be able to have. We're talking about one of those aisle running, pew jumping, foot stomping, jumping up and down, jumping, hopping on one foot, praising God kind of shout the victory God can bring you totally unspoken. Here's what David said in Psalms forty six and ten. Want to read it with me? That's enough. That's. Be still. Can you imagine how good God is to us? I don't care, he said.
0: I don't care what happened.
1: I don't care what yesterday brought you. Those, those problems in the wilderness you went through, the pain and the suffering you went through, I know about it, God said. I understand. But be still and know I am your God. Just hold. Oh, God. Be still and know I am God. The greatest miracles we will ever see are the ones we never prayed for. We never spoke it. It never entered our mind. We didn't expect it. But God showed up
0: and He knew
1: He knew all along what you needed. I am God. God. He said, I don't know your situation. I come in here today with friends, but I don't know your life. I don't know about anything. I feel freedom to preach to you today exactly what God has given me. And I was absolutely smitten with this sermon this morning. I felt in the Holy Ghost that it had to be preached in this sanctuary. God even said, make sure you tell somebody that the steps of a good man, and that includes woman, all right? The steps of a good man or woman are, are pull up to the drive through Oh, they irritate me so bad sometimes I'm still looking at the pictures of hamburgers and chicken sandwiches and french fries trying to figure out what I want and somebody says
0: may I help you
1: and I feel pressured I actually it's silly but I actually at times feel like I need to apologize to them. Please, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm not ready. Can you give me? Have you ever felt that way? Actually, thought, man, brother Bob, I thought I don't want to offend them, but give me some space here and let me think. This is an important decision for me. Is it hamburger? Is it chicken? Yeah. I mean, that's a big. Give me some space. Let I me mean, think about it. And the Bible says there is no drive-through for your need today. There's no delivery system set up. Thank you, sister. Keep laughing. You're just a little ahead of where I'm going. You don't have to order it. God has already designed it built it and before the foundations of the earth. He knew it. He knew about Tim Boland. He knew where I would fall down. And he knew where I'd have the chance to get up. I told my son the other day, it wasn't that he had, had did anything. I was, we were talking about a separate situation. I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to talk about falling. He, he hasn't fallen or had any problems. But he and I were talking. And I said, son, you know, it's important when you fall. It's important because everybody falls at one time or another. It's not a question of whether or not you'll fall or you'll fail. The question is, will you get back If you do, how do you get back up? Are you bitter or are you better? When you get back up, it matters because the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. Every move God is waiting for me to step into. I better hurry. What time did you usually let out? Not Isaiah sent God to Hezekiah. He said, Hezekiah, get your house in order, buddy, because you are going to die. Turned around, walked out of the house, and he left. Before Isaiah got out of the gate, the Bible says the gate of the household, God stopped him and said, Go back, Hezekiah has prayed. Tell him this. Tell him he is going to live. Can you imagine how Isaiah must have felt? God, what are you doing to me? You just told me to tell him he's dying and now you tell me go back and reverse it. He's going to live. I, I, I struggle with that. It's the same Hezekiah, God. It's me. It's Isaiah. The same Isaiah. It's the same day. It's in the same place. But go back and say it. You know, you would think that would have been enough for Hezekiah. Just that He prayed, and that before the man of God left the place, he got an answer. But he asked Isaiah, can you give me some proof about it? Tell me, why would anybody want to do that? You were just told you were going to die. He comes back in and says you're going to live. Now, you accepted the dying part. I never asked for proof. You just rolled over and said, "I'm going to die," and started praying. And now I come in and tell you, "You're going to live." And you want to say, "Wait, just a minute. I've got some questions for you. Can you ask God about this?" You see where I'm headed, man. We can accept good news. But for some reason, it's in our nature to accept negative things even more affluently. Come on, don't, don't stop yet. I'll, I'll, I'll go five more minutes. We'll follow the Holy Ghost and, and get you out of here in time to get to Ponderosa before the Baptists. For us, I don't know why, it's in our nature sometimes to be calamity seekers. We just accept it and believe it and acknowledge it. What's stopping this country today? What's holding back the great move of God that I believe I've felt like it? since 1983 that there would be a move in America... I mean a move where people would be on their face, repenting, seeking God, having revival. This church has grown. I remember preaching revivals at the old building. God's did wonderful things here. We're grateful for everything He's did. But do you believe today we're trusting God for every seat to be filled, every pew occupied, a revival? Why? Because God is still in the soul saving business. Please be seated. Man, my pastor and his wife, Sister Norma, was, she was almost like trying to think of the right words, Sister Norma, for what you did for Sister Potter. Sister Potter was my pastor's wife, but she was an evangelist. And I mean, she could preach and reach souls. She would weep and stand and reach for... I'm telling the truth, aren't I, Sister Norma? She could absolutely reach for souls. And this lady... Carried her, drove her, took care of her, blessed her, and because of that, she's blessed today. That spirit of soul winning, that godly spirit, that hunger, that it's more than just people on a bench, it's soul's. It needs to be the unspoken blessing in this church. In everything we do, when we pray, when we seek His face, we need souls. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. I didn't intend to. Right where you sit right now, I want you to just, if you would please, Close your eyes with me. Lift up your hands and ask God to finish the work. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Would you lift up your voice with me for for just a moment, Jesus? We need in this service this morning victory to take place. We need to hear a good
0: report. Oh, Jesus.
1: I finished with this. I'm skipping over things that maybe God will let me share sometime in the future. If time, if the rapture doesn't take place, Job, consider him for just a moment, please. Here's what I wrote down quickly. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels.
0: Think about that.
1: We're talking about 2, uh, what, 3,500 years ago. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 head of ox, seven strapping sons, three daughters. I couldn't find a number for servants, but the Bible said men servants and maid servants, And it said, Job was the greatest man in the east. The Chaldeans came. All the camels and the servants they took. The Sabaeans came, and the oxen and the servants were gone. One day, The fire fell, the sheep and more servants are gone. A great wind blew up and someone came in and said, Job, I've got bad news for you. All of your children are dead. He stripped off his garment. He put on sackcloth and ashes. And I can hear it in the background. Hell started rejoicing. The greatest saint, the greatest man in the East. And we have took him down in one day we've all made mistakes. We've all slipped and fell. I don't know why I feel so strongly. I've kept coming back to that this morning, but I don't know what it is. But it doesn't matter to God. Job, we we need to know what you have to say because hell is getting ready to rejoice. And Job said, naked came I into the world thither shall I go. Didn't have anything when I started. And, Brother Greg, I may not have anything when I finish. Naked when I came. Naked when I go. The Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. But, you know it, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then the Bible says, And Job worshipped him. Where's your kids at, Job? They're all dead. Where's all the servants? They're all gone. Where's all the manifestations of physical blessings where's all the stuff well aren't we good at gathering stuff where's it all at Job I don't know it's all gone the wind took it the fire took it the Chaldeans took it all I know is I'm going to worship the Lord what a wife brother she said Job you are nuts Here's, here's the plan of attack, Job. Just curse God. Can you imagine telling your own husband this? Did you ever feel like that? Was there ever a time? There were times that I remember vaguely that Brother Hamilton, I'd see her standing over me in the hospital room. And when I'd look in her eyes, it looked like, like eyes of homicide. But it was actually love, wasn't it? Job, curse him. Curse God. And then, buddy, tell you what I think of you curse God and die, you old goat. You're done. I was with you when you had the camels. I was with you when you had the sheep. I was with you when you were a big man in the east. None of it matters for the Philip. it doesn't. All of that God can take in a moment. but He can't take from me what really matters. I've got joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the hat has never yet been told. Never spoken. Stand with us. The music is coming. The half has never. We see all the other half. But the good thing. Somebody here this morning, God speaking to you. Choose the good thing. You and I, we've talked enough. Now it's time just to walk like Israel did. Walk and trust God. Walk and believe Him. Come on, musicians. Walk and believe that there will be a breakthrough in your life. Here's what I worry about. I hold you for one more minute. Please listen to me. In the book of Daniel, these are the exact words of Daniel. Okay, I beg you to come play for me. (laughs) Whoever you are. Daniel. (laughs) It's all right. God knows what he's doing. Even when we don't know. Daniel said, there will come a time that the devil will try to wear out. Do you hear me? Listen to me. Please, hear me. The devil doesn't have to defeat you. He doesn't. He's not trying to today, this morning. It's not a big struggle for a Christian today whether or not you're going to leave church and and go to the bar or, or go uh, buy a bag of Red Man and start chewing tobacco. The devil doesn't have to bring all that up. All of those sins, no, no. Daniel said there'll come a time that he just tries to wear you out. Grind you down. Take away your joy. Separate you from your hope. Divorce you from thanksgiving and praise. But this morning, today, somebody, somebody, if the Holy Ghost is talking to you and there's something unspoken in your life God wants to do, I need for you to follow the leading of the Lord and move out of your seat. It's important to come to this altar. Why? Because you're making a step. You're walking and saying, God, whatever it is, I believe you're going to do it. Unspoken blessings. Pray right now. Come on, church. Lift up a hand. Pray with me, Jesus. While some are coming, come and gather around them.